In this episode of the podcast, what we're looking at this week is the demographic transition model. It shows how the population of a country changes over time. And this podcast is specifically focused at looking at some of the reasons for why parts of the uh, demographic transition model change. Why, for instance, does birth rate not come down until stage three, whereas death rate comes down much earlier? Why does stage four fluctuate a little bit more? Um, what happens at stage five? These are the kind of questions. We need to understand the reasons behind these changes. In order to do that, what we're going to do is we're going to play you two stories. One is Chue's story. Chue is a boy in Nigeria. And we're going to contrast that with David's story in the UK. Can you identify some of the key reasons why their lives are different? And then can we link that back to the demographic transition model? Good luck. Welcome to Nigeria. Today we're going to follow a boy called Chue. He's 15 and lives in Lagos, one of the world's biggest cities. Chue is a Muslim and lives with his family of four brothers and three sisters. The, that doesn't include the two brothers and the sister that have died in the last eight years. You see, Chue and his family fear ill health. They have no access to it. There is no money in this family to get medicines or see a doctor. And even if they did, there are fears over the quality of that healthcare. Chue left education as a young boy to work as a courier, carrying things for other people around the city in order to support his family and his eldest brother in particular, who is the only one of his brothers and sisters in school. Dad is a labourer at a local factory, and mum sells street snacks next to a busy road, and together they just make ends meet. Chue is happy, but life is tough, and he has never left Lagos. He lives in a crowded slum called Makoko, which is one of the most crowded places in Lagos. A slum of millions of people. The house he lives in was built by his dad and his brothers. It's a bit ramshackle, but they love it. It's home and they're part of a community that are close-knit. The big problem though is the open sewers and the lack of hygienic toilets. Mean his family are often very frequently ill and as a result unable to work. Things have improved recently. A charity called Water Aid came to the slum to fit toilets. This has meant people are starting to feel much better and much safer. There are the concern of the gangs in the slums that do pose a threat. And Chue so far has managed to stay away from being involved in those. He looks forward to the day he marries, like his 17-year-old older sister, Celebe, has just done. She's entered an arranged marriage and has left the home. But he looks forward to the day he marries and has his own family. But you ask him and he says, 
I want fewer children. There are fewer people dying these days in Makoko and in Nigeria in general. He sees a smaller family as a way to maybe give them a little more opportunity in life. And he's ambitious. He wants to start his own career business and be his own boss. Maybe the future is bright for Chue, but it's totally dependent on whether or not he can break the cycle of poverty. We're going to meet David today. He's a 15-year-old boy living in the suburbs of London. He lives with his twin sister Sarah and mum and dad. They live in a wonderful four-bed detached house that was built a couple of years ago and that mum and dad had saved up to buy. David has a remarkable survival story. He was born with a very unusual birth defect to do with his heart and if it wasn't for the amazing doctors at Great Auburn Street Hospital he wouldn't be with us today. It's for that reason that David struggles to understand why people criticise the NHS. David also has something to owe to the NHS because he and his sister were conceived through IVF. Mum and Dad had struggled to conceive naturally because mum didn't have them until her late 40s. See, she had been a successful lawyer, and, and still is, she continues to work, and therefore hadn't met dad until later on in life. When they decided to have kids, they found it very difficult, and IVF helped them. David is optimistic for the future. For as long as he can remember, he's been in education and he's now studying towards his GCSEs. His big hopes are to be an engineer one day and there's every chance that he'll make it. Despite his birth defect, David is a good athlete. He's passionate about sport and loves rugby and cricket and finds time to play regularly. He's very excited about this summer because during the school holidays he's going on an international trip to Australia and he cannot wait to help him pay for that. He's got a small half an hour paper round just in the local village but ultimately mum and dad are paying for the trip and he's really really grateful. David has a wonderful future ahead of him, he has a supportive family and find they are financially stable. His quality of life and his standard of living looks really, really good.